Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. This is Brad Kearns. I cover health, fitness, peak performance, personal growth, relationships, happiness, and longevity. So slow down, take a deep breath, take a cold plunge, and pursue your competitive goals in all areas of life with great intensity and passion, but release your attachment to the outcome and learn to have fun along the way. That's the theme of the show. Here we go. You have to manage your emotions at all times. I almost said you have to stay calm, but Christopher corrects me where we don't want to stay calm because that doesn't indicate the proper competitive intensity. We want to stay focused, perhaps relaxed, but in that competitive mindset with a stable emotional state rather than a explosive emotional state. She was a girl. Hey, listeners. Our lives rearranged. Feeling so good that day. This is Brad Kearns. Welcome to The Breather Show. Many people agree my voice is exactly like Anthony Kiedis of the Chili Peppers. Turning your feelings are burning, you're breaking the girl. Agree? Disagree? Send your comments to getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And now on with the show. And man, my golf guru, my mentor, Christopher Smith, the greatest speed golfer of all time, operating out of Eugene Country Club these days, and writing a fabulously wonderful newsletter, which you should sign up for, at ChristopherSmithGolf.com. He's a big music fan, so we had to do the proper intro there, and you will hear more from him. We did actually three separate podcasts during a binge session when I visited his wonderful home in Eugene, Oregon. Had a lot of great times and great insights from this guy. Of course, everything is framed in golf because he is a teacher of golf and a lifelong competitor, but the insights that he communicates in his newsletter apply to all manner of peak performance goals in life. So, in teaching me to become a better golfer, one of his maxims that he has to repeat to me is to have compassion for your mistakes out there on the golf course. Because that heightened intensity that comes when you get fired up and allow your emotions to spike, well, that might help you in the boxing ring if you're rocky, I know as a triathlete, when I got frustrated, I would just put the gas pedal on harder and speed to the front of the pack or whatever, just opening up the throttle and unleashing that raw competitive intensity to my benefit. But in golf, oh man, big difference. You have to manage your emotions at all times. I almost said you have to stay calm, but Christopher corrects me where we don't want to stay calm because that doesn't indicate the proper competitive intensity. We want to stay focused, perhaps relaxed, but in that competitive mindset with a stable emotional state rather than an explosive emotional state. 
It's tough, man. It's tough to have compassion for your mistakes when you're trying really hard and you've practiced really hard and you want to play well. And I just returned from 2018 World Speed Golf Championships, my fourth visit there. I did pretty crappy for the first couple days. I was very frustrated because I'd practiced so hard. And then I go out there to the course, the competitive setting, and can't execute in the manner that I intended. Oh, I learned something from that, too, which is Christopher's maxim of context specificity, where you want to simulate the competitive experience as exactly as possible in training to properly prepare yourself for peak performance. We're going to do a whole show surrounding themes like that. But a brief tidbit here is you've got to put yourself under that same competitive pressure that you face in practice. Otherwise, the practice will not translate well into competitive success. So I realized that I hadn't really played a full-on, full-speed competitive speed golf round hardly ever in practice. I usually go out there and jog. I don't want it to be too strenuous. I might hit an extra practice shot here and there if I don't like my shot, and I have a nice time, and I finish nine holes before dark. But now I've been getting up first thing in the morning, man, first guy out there on the course, playing the entire 18 holes in a tournament-like setting, hitting only one ball, and keeping score and keeping time. And this has vastly more value and competitive application than my breezy evening rounds or even spending an hour on the range hitting 100 golf balls. I'm better off hitting 7 or 8 or 12 drives under pressure rather than a full bucket of balls. Anyway, back to the story about the having compassion for your mistakes and watching out for your self-critic. Uh, so Christopher's newsletter talking about this commentary, and I'm going to quote, Is your self-critic alive and well? I understand. And so does Adam Phillips, English psychoanalytical writer. Christopher continues, The self-critical part of ourselves, Phillips points out, is, quote, strikingly unimaginative. A relentless complainer whose repertoire of tirades is so redundant as to become, to any objective observer, risable and tragic at the same time. Oh, man. Here's quoting from Phillips in Christopher's newsletter. Were we to meet this figure socially, as it were, this accusatory character, this internal critic, He's talking about our own internal critic. Are you with me? We would think there was something wrong with this person. He would be just boring and cruel. We might think that something terrible had happened to him, that he was living in the aftermath, in the fallout of some catastrophe. And we would be right. End quote. Ouch, man. How's your self-critic doing? What kind of stories do you tell yourself every day? I know I have these outbursts on the golf course. Sometimes they surprise me at their level of intensity. And, ooh, I saw another quote from somebody, not sure if it was Christopher, uh, but it was something to the effect of, when you have a temper tantrum on the golf course, you are trying to convince the other golfers that you think you're better than you really are. Hey, I want to tell you about Schwank Grills. This is a revolutionary 
portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank portable infrared grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings hamburgers, seafood, lobster, vegetables. I make salmon in three minutes. They even have a pizza stone accessory. I want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-N-K. Everything you cook, faster, juicier. The speed is so important, so convenient. Uh, There's a drip tray on the bottom, so you let the juices drip down. I love the bison burger, the venison burgers. That's my game. And then you can add a mixture of butter, spices, whatever you want into the tray. Pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor. Are you getting hungry? I am. <laughs> Let's go to schwankgrills.com, S-C-H-W-A-N-K, grills.com, and up your home cooking game. This is a one-of-a-kind grill. I have a great discount code for you, of course. It's BRAD150 to save $150 off your purchase of a Schwank grill. Hey, man, how's your sexual function? Oh, uncomfortable talking about it? Look, we talk about our injured knees, our belly fat, so it's time to get focused on function. I want to tell you about Gainswave. This is a cutting-edge protocol where a handheld device sends low-intensity shock waves into your penile blood vessels to stimulate a healing response and promote increased blood circulation and the growth of new blood vessels. A skilled practitioner puts the Gainswave magic wand onto your magic wand, and after a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results. Gainswave reports an 80% success rate. Now, we know that popping pills is a popular penile protocol, but when you're working with clogged pipes, you just get a temporary band-aid effect when you take prescription drugs. Gainswave addresses the cause of age-related decline by stimulating growth factors and activating dormant stem cells. Translation, stronger, harder, more sustainable erections. I learned about Gainswave from my podcast guest, Dr. Judson Brandeis at the Brandeis MD Clinic in Northern California, and there's a robust network of Gainswave providers that you can find on their website near you. Complete a series of treatments, and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment, and while it's great for ED, Gainswave is for any man that wants to combat the effects of aging and get a little boost for your A-game. So please visit Gainswave.com Brad. That's G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E dot com slash B-R-A-D to find a practitioner in your area, and you can take advantage of my special promotion, buy six treatments and get one free. You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. <laughs> oh, did I get that right? In other words, you're just putting on an act so that everyone observing will know that that terrible shot you just hit is completely out of character and that you usually make pars. Oh, man. <laughs> 
And they've been talking a long time, ever since uh, Mark McCormick's great book in the early 80s, What They Don't Teach You at Harvard Business School is the title. Uh, they've been talking a long time about how the golf course brings out personality insights like no other place. It's like the ultimate location for a job interview because your true character emerges due to the competitive nature, the, the personal intensity of what you're doing, trying to navigate a course, and also to uh, work with people in your foursome and have the, the social uh, connection as well. There's a great article in GolfSouthwest.com website about golf being a win to the soul, uh, a licensed therapist from Augusta, Georgia, Tobias Schreiber weighs in, quote, golf and business are both competitive arenas. Any trait you see in a person repeatedly on the golf course is probably part of their personality and carries over into other aspects of their lives, end quote. Interesting. So when we're in a job interview, we can mask all kinds of crazy things about our personality, including our penchant for emotional raging outbursts or feeling sorry for ourselves and telling stories. And those things come out in the workplace over time. You're like, why did I hire this person? They're such a drag. Uh, but one round of golf, that was McCormick's statement that when he was thinking of doing business with someone, he'd invite them for a round of golf, and that would be a vastly better assessment than I think the quote was hundreds of hours of uh, business meetings in the boardroom. So Schreiber's article goes on to identify certain personality types on the golf course, and again, making the point each time that this stuff plays out into other areas of life. So pay attention, even if you're not a golfer. The first one is the rager. Quote, rage is an infantile emotion, a primal defense against feelings of weakness. Rageful people are actually age regressing and acting out frozen emotions. Rage usually masks deeper feelings. Such people are often infuriated at their own sense of vulnerability and inadequacies. End quote. Ouch, man. And of course, when you rage, as I talked about briefly, um, in any sport, Schreiber notes, there's an optimum level of arousal that can actually improve your play. So remember I said you don't want to be calm and relaxed on the golf course. Christopher corrected me there. What you want to have is that optimal level of arousal where you're focused, you're intent, you're looking at your target, you're concentrating, but you don't let emotions get the better of you. And Schreiber says, quote, in golf, this optimal level of arousal is very low because the game requires precision and control. If you pass that bar, if you exceed that bar, uh, it's downhill all the way because anger is so self-defeating to the golfer. Uh, obviously, in the workplace, the ragers play out with those outbursts, especially taking things out on people with less power. That leads us to the next category, the obsessor. The obsessors internalize their emotions. It's not as visible as the angry outburst, but it's equally disruptive, says the article. And then the quote from Schreiber, the obsessor is not living in real time. <laughs> Instead of shaking off a bad shot and moving on, they replay it again and again in their minds, chastising themselves for poor performance in a kind of mental self-flagellation. They focus on the negative. They think if they hit a bad shot, they're a bad person. And then the observation in the workplace or in other arenas, golfers who ruminate about their play are likely to micromanage in a business environment. They don't like to delegate because they fear no one can do the job right. Ah, 
Next is the sire. No, just kidding. That was me sighing because so far I'm doing okay, but I'm noticing a tiny bit of myself, uh, sometimes at my worst, of course, and we're all looking at how we can be better when we're at our worst, when we're at our back against the wall type of thing, when we're playing very poorly or having a really rough day. Um, there'll be a little bit of rage. I'll go a little bit into that category, a little bit into the obsessor category where I'm ruminating about my bad shots. And the next category is sulker. Quote, sulkers don't have a healthy view of themselves in relation to the natural frustrations of life. They tend to feel persecuted by the same minor problems that plague us all, Schreiber says. They exaggerate the importance of small things and focus on the negative. Sulkers really want sympathy and nurturing, but their behavior actually has the opposite effect. It pushes people away. And in real life, this means they're fixated on end results rather than enjoying the course, the camaraderie, and the weather. Golf for them becomes just another stressor. Oh, mercy. That is the saddest one, I think. And Christopher takes great aim at the sulker uh, as a recurring theme in many of his newsletters. If you're not out there able to enjoy your beautiful walk in nature that is a golf round, man, you have your head screwed on uh, the wrong way. And I can recall as a younger person with my competitive intensity less regulated than it is today, I definitely had a little of that going on at times where I was just miserable because I was having a bad round. And I feel like I've grown out of it now where I have a bad break on the golf course and doesn't bother me in the slightest. Or when we wake up on the day of the world championships and we're looking at uh, nearly freezing rain and horrible conditions on the course, I smile and say, gosh, I'm glad I'm running because I'd be really cold if I was playing regular golf, and things like the weather never bother me. So I'm going to give myself a little bit of plus points in the sulker category and try to work on the uh, episodes of uh, rage and obsessing, trying to have that compassion for my mistakes. Hey, ladies. You may have heard me talk about Gaines Wave treatment for improving male penile vascular health and sexual function, and maybe you thought, hey, what about my needs? Well, Gaines Wave has got you covered with a revolutionary new treatment protocol called Gaines Wave for Her. As with the male Gaines Wave treatment, a skilled practitioner uses a handheld device to send low-intensity shock waves into your vaginal area to stimulate a healing response, promote increased blood circulation, and the growth of new blood vessels. After a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results with Gaines Wave reporting an 80% success rate. Some benefits... You will revitalize your intimate relationships with heightened sensation and arousal and enhanced pleasure and satisfaction. Don't contemplate invasive procedures or uncomfortable medical treatments. Regain confidence and reclaim your sexuality with Gaines Wave for her. You visit the website gainswave.com, G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area. You complete a series of treatments and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment. So please visit gainswave.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area and take advantage 
of my special promo that you'll mention when you find your local practitioner. Buy six treatments and get one free. I'm so excited to introduce you to Paluva. This is a new zero-drop minimalist shoe with the distinctive five-toe design from my main man, Mark Sisson. Paluvas give you the most authentic barefoot-style experience, but with sufficient cushioning so you can use them for all manner of daily movement, especially walking and many other fitness and athletic activities. Paluvas are also incredibly stylish, so you get a barefoot shoe that you're not embarrassed to wear around in daily life. It's been so cool to see the popularity of minimalist shoes grow over the recent years, but Paluvas are a step ahead of every other zero-drop wide-box shoe because of the critical feature of individual five-toe articulation, a separate slot for each of your toes. This allows for correct dynamic movement of the foot through the walking or running stride, which is impossible when your toes are encased into a single box, even a wide box. Well, you might know that minimalist shoes have faced controversy in recent years for causing injuries from inappropriate use. So here is the big picture mission. We want to get you walking in paluvas, living in your paluvas, going barefoot in your home or other safe areas as often as possible. Go ahead and use your specialized cushiony running shoes or your basketball shoes, work boots, high heels, things that you want to wear when you want to wear them, but wear your Paluvas as much as possible to reawaken the natural functionality of the human foot to stand, walk, run, and perform. Do you want to try a pair? I'm certain that when you put them on and walk around, you are going to quickly realize that these are the most comfortable, natural shoes that you've ever worn. They are designed to feel like you're, quote, walking barefoot on a putting green. Please visit paluva.com, that's P-E-L-U-V-A, and use the code BRADPODCAST and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. And here are some final closing questions from Christopher out of his article uh, asking yourself these hard questions as it pertains to your efforts on the golf course. But again, plug these into your role as a parent or as a peak performer in the workplace or as a student. Number one, did you do your very best? No, not just try, but actually do your very best. Did you plan? Did you focus in the manner that befits you? Did you give it your all? Or did you go about it half-acidly, hoping the ball and the round were going to mythically cooperate? Ooh, that's a good one. Because we can always backslide into this, hey, I'm doing the best I can, and then everyone backs off from their constructive criticism or the pressure that they exert on you. And it's such a throwaway line because you have to define that carefully. And in terms of uh, preparing for a competitive experience like a golf round, hey man, did you get out there? Did you warm up? Did you look at the course? Did you put in the proper hours of practice to align with your expectations? I encountered a lot of dreamers on the professional triathlon circuit. I can tell you that right now where they were heading to these races, 
obviously in vastly inferior fitness or competitive caliber as the people they were hoping to beat somehow, maybe praying they would all have a bad day or get flat tires or something, but you got to have realistic competitive expectations. Oh, man, I loved listening to uh, Lance Armstrong interviews uh, during his reign as Tour de France champion, and everyone saw him as a cocky guy and his swagger and all that, but if you listen carefully to a lot of those interviews, they'd ask these leading questions like, do you think that uh, you're going to be able to uh, uh, beat everybody in the mountains tomorrow? And he would very often say, I don't know, but I'm really prepared and I've worked really hard. But he always uh, had the internal reference rather than uh, the swagger and the irresponsible commentary that we see as commonplace in these other sports where they're just talking trash and it's may or may not be backed up, but it means nothing. Uh, in Australia, they had a saying that was uh, used a lot of times on the triathlon scene, um, when the flag drops, the bullshit stops. You know, the flag drops to start the race. Yeah, you get it. Okay, so Christopher, number one, did you actually do your very best? Not just try, but actually do it. Number two, did you trust and follow your gut, your instinct, your intuition? Or did you abide by some supposed smarty pants rules, regulations, and rigmarole? Whew, you know what? I reflect on this one in the parenting role, man, because there's so many crazy forces out there in today's world, the age of the helicopter parent and the child at the center of the universe who can do no wrong and the parents fight their battles for them and clear their path for their easy uh, path through life and the misplaced competitive intensity in the areas of academics and youth sports. And it all gets to be so crazy that it can sometimes cause you to uh, second guess your own intuition like this seems like bullshit it seems kind of crazy that the soccer games weren't cancelled when we have a stage one smog alert things like that <sighs> so I remember many of those times where I had to really check myself and sit down quietly and realize that my intuition was telling me something really important and I needed to honor it despite going against social pressures and convention how's that number three why do you play the game in the first place? Bragging rights about your low handicap? To nourish the narcissist inside? Or to relish a walk in the countryside? That would be the golf course people and also the camaraderie and the challenge to self. Summarizing. Number one, did you do your very best? Not just try, but do, including advanced planning and preparation, getting yourself into that optimal level of arousal for the competitive circumstance. Number two, did you trust and follow your gut, your instinct, and your intuition? Or did you abide by the silly conventions of society and the pressures and forces outside that are measuring and judging us? And number three, why do you play the game in the first place? Bragging rights, nourishing the narcissist, or relishing the experience, the walk in the countryside, the camaraderie, and the challenge to self. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck out there on the golf course if you happen to play golf, and good luck doing every other peak performance endeavor. And I don't know what went away. Turning your feelings Burning or breaking the girl 
Hi, Brad Kearns, co-author of the New York Times best-selling Keto Reset Diet. And guess what? We have a fabulous, comprehensive online multimedia mastery course to help you go keto the right way. Mark Sisson and I working on this book project, digital course. We are so happy because we realize that the hype and the popularity, the exploding popularity of keto comes with it a lot of misinformation and ill-advised approaches where people jump into this not knowing anything, not preparing properly, and struggle and suffer or have a brief short-term success, floating on stress hormones because of the extreme dietary transition without proper preparation, and then they crash and burn and go back to regular life or say, yeah, I don't think it's good for women or it's not good for athletes. So let's do something right for once when you're talking about a dietary transformation, put the hype aside, get educated properly, and have a total immersive experience where we guide you with all the tips and information and education that you need to not only do it the right way, but know why you're doing it the right way. Our multi-stage approach is what distinguishes the Keto Reset from the Hype Shortcut programs. So first you undergo a 21-day metabolism reset, where you ditch those terrible foods that are prevalent in the modern diet, the grains, sugars, refined vegetable oils, and you transition over to the ancestral-style foods that are colorful and nutrient-dense and not going to spike your glucose and cause an insulin rush and keep you in that carbohydrate dependency pattern, which is no fun and also will promote disease and aging. So we do the reset. Then we have a fine-tuning period where we engage in fasting, always comfortable, always just seeing where your body is rather than forcing things to happen. So you do some fasting. You get good at metabolic flexibility. That means that you're good at burning stored energy like fat, like ketones when you need them. And then finally, you go into a focused period of nutritional ketosis that lasts for a minimum of six weeks to get the maximum metabolic benefit, these benefits that you can enjoy the rest of your life. So when you go to ketoreset.com, K-E-T-O-R-E-S-E-T.com, you can learn about the books and the cookbooks and then get a little test drive through the course with some video explanation. I think you'll really appreciate it if you're interested in keto. So check it out. And guess what? Since you're listening to me talk about this so patiently, I'm going to give you 20% off your course enrollment. Just use the code BRAD2020, BRAD20, when you check out, and that'll knock 20% off your enrollment fee. Ketoreset.com. Ketoreset.com. 